Welcome back to Engage, everybody. These are your hosts, Kay Jones and Josue Davi. Today, we have a very special guest, the manager of Studio 393. Nestor Winrush has been a major part of the hip-hop scene in Winnipeg, Manitoba for a long time. He's been a mentor for upcoming artists in the city, running workshops with graffiti art programming to educate our youth and just generally playing a big role in our community. He was also a big help for us here at Engage as well, helping us get connected to the radio station and he was our first guest on episode one so elliot walsh joins us for our final episode today seemed only right how are you doing Ness? all right you know looking at the news typing out things making sure we got more equipment coming through at uh at gap and at studio 393 mm-hmm. it's 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 a weird time to feel optimistic about certain things but the way the organization is working right now and our recent hires have been, you know what, it's actually lessened the psychological burden of what else is going on in this world. Just just happy to have a good team of people around that that want to do these, these exceptional jobs in the community. So yeah, you know, it's just people, there's good people out there. Let's just, let's just put it that way. It's good to be around that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, we had you on our on our pilot episode. And when we last left off, Studio 393 was kind of no more. And uh, it was not the most optimistic time for most circumstances at, at that time. Things have changed a lot now that, you know, we know 393 is is being revived. What's that experience been like? How's this start of this year been compared to start of of 21? Um. I know that when we spoke the first time, we were, I mean, the idea of opening up 393 was just a reopening. It was a, just a, a pipe dream. It was just a dream, you know? We were focusing more on our graffiti art programming location at 109 Higgins and the issues that were there of not having an accessible washroom and stuff like that. So, I mean, we hired an assistant manager, Brendan Galley, who is been doing some work with like, I, I want to say with Rind and with uh, Take Home Manitoba, the BIPOC Arts House, as well as I believe with some real love people as well. So Brendan, Brendan's been pretty, pretty good and instrumental of being the physical person in the space of setting it up in the last month, I should say, of getting it ready. Uh, the new Studio 393 is on the main floor of Portage Place, right by the Service Canada storefront there in the mall. And we now got a bathroom. We have a bunch of sinks so we can wash our hands and wash the place whenever we need to and don't have to worry about our participants going out into the mall. And um, we just got a more controlled environment for, I mean, these pandemic times, but also for little kids, if they come into the space, like they don't have to go back into the mall. And that's that's good. I mean, we, we want to be in-house as much as possible and and not have kids losing out on a bunch of time. Uh, from their instructing or the instruction that they're they're doing and um, to to feel comfortable in a space not having to go and venture out into the world of strangers um, uh, ever so often because that could be quite a daunting task even if they have like some supervision going with them um, it's it's better just we have it in-house uh, and so that's good you know we are 
We opened up for the first time on Wednesday, the 15th, I believe. I could be a day off. And that was good. But I mean, there's we're dealing with another surge of Omicron now. And so we're holding off a little bit and going into the holidays, too. And um, at least the space is there. It's we're getting new furniture, courtesy of some work with EQ3. So we thank them very much. And some donors supplying some some funding for some equipment as well. We got some new laptops. We got some new recording equipment. Um, it, it's good. It's good. We got a library that we're setting up as well. Thank you very much to some some donors there. And I want to say the Winnipeg Foundation and and Mac for always being supportive of what we're doing. And this is like, there's there's some good stuff happening, you know? And I know we set aside some, some money for making the space more accessible, especially when it comes to using the bathroom. I'm a wheelchair user and that's really important. So, um, you know, it's, the community needs spaces like this to, to be creative and to be able to meet up. We're just trying to make the best space possible that we can with what's available to us. And uh, we can't wait to be able to talk to people face to face, but also um, do more of our, our Zoom um, uh, workshops as well. Um, that's not going anywhere because um, that makes it accessible to everybody in the city and in the province. Definitely sounds like you guys are on a roll with the new spot and have things kind of going. And unfortunately, yeah, like the new restrictions coming in seems like you might have to hold back a little bit. But it sounds like you guys, you know, got your plans in place, which is really awesome. Of course, the old location has been closed for quite a while now. And as somebody who used to be involved in the programming growing up, I can definitely attest to how important it is for the community to have a spot like this. In your own words, why is it so important to have like 393 open to the community and a place where people can go? Well, I answered it somewhat in the in my last long-winded answer. It, it was important for us to keep it central. I mean, like there were requirements that I had on the list um, and some other staff, but definitely it was about keeping it central. It was about having the bathrooms. It was about having the sink so we could make sure that it was clean as much as possible and safe for, for all of our participants to be using and staff. Like I want people feeling comfortable when they come in those doors. And if they're participating in workshop for an hour or they're recording for an hour or whatever it may be, they at least feel safe in that space, not just in terms of like a 360 degree of, of safety. And that means like emotionally, just medically, physically, that's in that space, they can just be, you know, those the spaces like 393, and I'm, I'm not just saying 393, like this interview is about Studio 393, but this is more than 393. This is any space that caters to youth and, and caters to community and, and, and people meeting and people doing what makes them feel I don't want to say productive, but makes their spirit feel like it's alive, you know, and or to help them deal with certain situations that they can't be open about quite a bit to get something off their chest or to be around people with common goals, but also 
common backgrounds that they come from as well and and being able to have those conversations in a safe place we hired a social worker who is also experienced in some counseling so we'll see how that goes but it's been a he's been a good source of support for our staff already and we'll be offering some workshops with him uh just on more of the mental health side of things and we have prior partnerships uh, with a person like Jillian, but just again, on more mental health-based workshops and, and supporting, finding support for yourself, but also being able to know the tools of developing a good relationship with yourself and with others, like really good stuff that, that we have coming down the lines. So, you know, it, it's, I always say it's more than these spots provide opportunity for people to perform, for people to do exhibits for the first time with art, for people to dance and, and, and showcase and that. And that's great. It also can help you to learn how to organize these things when you wouldn't be able to in school or if you're out of school. But it's really about the community. It's about people talking and growing together genuinely. And then the spinoff is all these great people, all these great people, participants, staff, they spin off to other organizations or to other work and, and bring these, these principles or these ideas they've been exposed to into those workplaces. And um, one thing, and I've been, I've been in, in my home for almost two years now, uh, like rarely going out. And that's also because of just the nature of my disability and also just immune compromised as well. One thing that this whole pandemic and stuff is, has really shown me is in, in had time to think about it and read about it and, and our interconnectedness, we're, we're all related. It's all related. We weave into each other's existence and we have to acknowledge that. And places like this, like 393, that's what they do. Informally, that is what they do. They acknowledge all of our interconnectedness. And if homie's doing well, I'm doing well. If the other homies are doing well, I'm doing okay. If the other homie is doing okay, then homie C is doing okay. Everybody's being raised up no matter, and they're being met. It's important to meet people where they're at. And, and I think that these programs, that's what, that's what good programs do. They meet people where they're at and no expectations. You just grow with it. And, and like any good relationship, it serves its purpose. And then you move on. 100%. It's absolutely a network for myself personally like it was it was kind of my introduction to a bunch of major circles large circles in in our community that seemed to grow too like over the years that I was coming by definitely seemed to be growing even during that time I know the reopening is still quite new but have you started to see any new faces at all coming through the space like that um just you know what we're in a busier part of the mall and uh, I'm just going by like some of the employees what they've recounted and it's some old faces coming back because I mean you still gotta because we're we're a recreational space um we have to do the contact tracing and signing up people when they come through the door so it's and limit the number of amount of people that we could have in there but it's a lot of the community and and, and parents just going by the door and seeing what we're doing and and some older participants and former staff actually being happy that we're open and and to see what the future holds in that space so 
we we're we're excited to do stuff because we already have unity lined up with us in toronto and we're going to do our dance workshops with them in february uh and we did a trial run at another location in the west end when we couldn't use 393 and those kids there were a lot of new faces and they wanted to be it'll be just easier for people to be central location which is Portage place 393 so yeah you know i mean we have working relationship with like gordon bell and a few other schools in that area and like i want to say that being in the center of things really does help it really does help it makes it it makes it all attainable for young people to get down and to use our our facilities you know so it's a place that's always alive it's a place that's always alive and and it's funny because I got to give real a lot of credit to the staff that kept things floating and uh, online and the trial and error. And it's not the same, you know, it's not the same. But to provide those services and, and outlets for people to use, it, it's important. But with what kept this place alive and, and what will keep it alive, and it sounds cliche and lame, but it's really the people that attend. It's the participants' energy. It's... It's their willingness to be vulnerable. It's them wanting to share. It's showing up even once a month, but doing your piece, you know? If you're even just sitting there and just hanging out, you're part of the team and, and, and you have value, you know? And um, staff is great, but without the participants, it's, it's nothing. It's nothing. Definitely, yeah. It definitely makes a lot of sense. You know, just the people make so many things go around when you're involved in something. It's makes a really beautiful picture once everything's put together. Yeah, it's true. It, like, it really is. The word beautiful is a good word to use to describe it. Anyone that does this type of work, you know what that means. It's actually beautiful because it's, it's human beings they, and, and, and us communicating and, and giving space to each other. It's good stuff. Anyways. Yeah, definitely. What would be the best way that people can support you guys going forward, supporting the studio? What route should people take? You know what? This is who knows what's going to happen with this pandemic, like in terms of what our economy is going to be like afterwards um, and, and what programs they're going to get money still from the government or from um, uh, funding organizations. So, I mean, you could always go and, and, and give a donation directly to us. But I would strongly encourage people to give donations to like the Winnipeg Foundation or the United Way, because those are the organizations that fund big organizations like ours. And when the chips are down, hopefully they have enough money to be giving organizations like ours some money. And I say like ours. Uh, there, there's a wide range of, of community organizations that always will need funding and some will be in better situations than others. So uh, just just give to Winnipeg Foundation and make sure that Mac always has money. Just if you have the means to give, give to any of these organizations that you firmly support in your community. Don't be shy. Any bit, uh, any amount helps. Any amount helps, and it makes it makes a world of difference. Not to just to, it makes a world of difference from from staff being feeling like they're supported and having the supplies and equipment to work with. Who is the most important? The participants and the community, and that's what's important. There's so many things that are missing in schools and that are taught and. 
they, that youth don't have access to. And it's like our organizations, that's where we step in. We're, we're supplement to that. And, and, and it's, it's nice to have good things for the participants, uh, people that we care about. And the strangers off the streets that soon become well-valued people in in our communities. Um, sorry, our organization, our community of participants, I should say. Um, like, yeah, this is this is bigger than graffiti art programming. It's bigger than than Studio Three Nine Three. This is about us all helping each other. And uh, and Kate and I know you 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 get it. And and Josh, like y'all do your own own funds. Um, and helping out the community in ways that you can outside of like graffiti art programming, but also like helping out with graffiti art programming. Uh, but you find ways to 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 be you find ways to have purpose and to give back to the community in in, in ways that that help and and like uh, an organization like taking taking it global, like they need funding too, like. If you if you got the means, just give just just keep in mind that you you want to give to these organizations. It, it goes a far way. Trust me, trust me. Is there any anything in particular before we get to wrapping up here? Kind of events or uh, just anything in in particular you'd want to plug and and shout out like that? You know, this is going to go on, uh, I believe this is the 23rd of December. So um, we'd be shutting down until January. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, that's just how, how we do. We're just over the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, we just close down usually, except for some special programming that's been requested. But that that's mostly private stuff anyways, with other organizations. So, I mean, when January comes, we will have we're we're, we're focusing on a music month, like some some workshops uh, with different organizations like Birthday Cake, Mac, Manitoba Film and Music. Uh, just uh, questions if you have about funding or projects that you you're working on and and how to apply for grants and things like that and what it looks like, uh, as well as like tips on not just marketing, but tips on like how to organize a stage plot and how to do an advance properly and things of that nature uh, to help you out. And then in February, we're doing something focusing more on like Black history because Black History Month. And uh, we'll have some films courtesy of Winnipeg Film Group, as well as some some lesson plans in there as well, some speakers. Um, And then in March, I won't get that far into it, but we're going to focus more on literary advances and people that are writers and, and want to be published and illustrators as well. Just finding out how that all works and, and just just trying to connect people with the, in the community to, to professionals that are out there and uh, to answer their questions. We're currently in the middle of after school leaders. We've got some new cameras, which is pretty awesome. And uh, we have uh, a film a short film and storytelling unit that we're working on. And we'll resume that in January. So if you're listening to this um, and you are between or know somebody that is between the ages of the high school ages, so that I think is about 15 to 21-ish, please get in contact with us. Info at graffitigallery.ca or 204-667-9960. Again, that's 204-667-9960. Yeah, 
we we've got some good instructors, guest instructors. You know what's you know what's kind of cool though is all these organizations are learning have learned to pivot like how to do stuff in person and how to do stuff online. Even though online is less accessible, but still it is accessible if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because it's technology, not everybody can have it, but lots of people have phones. So creating a short film on a phone is something you can do as long as you have the room to do it. And I was noticing also there was like to be slightly morbid, but I mean, there. I don't want to trigger anybody, but just recently I attended a funeral of, of, a, of a family member and I did it online. And I went to the viewing like in person because there was hardly anybody there because uh, it's a viewing. You got to keep it moving. But the funeral was online. And then it's, you know, my partner was just asking, like, why weren't we doing this before? Like people that live so far away from a loved one that passed away and they have to jump on a plane and all that stuff when really there should be a choice. There should have always been a choice once the technology existed of, all right, I got my whole family that lives, say, in, in the U.S. or something like that or in England or I'm talking from the Caribbean experience. So just say that. And then it's like, you got family that's in the Caribbean. So you leave your family or all you can afford to go because that's that's real. You can't all afford to go. But the rest of the family has to not be able to, to hear the stories and all that from the passing of a loved one. That seems so cold. And, and when I attended this funeral, I realized like this is how it should have been for at least like five to seven years of us having this kind of technology. It's the describing video, like just putting the, the IDs on, on pictures from Instagram, everything becoming more accessible working from home, being able to do your job, the job you love doing, and being able to do that from home or the job that you just need a paycheck from. <laughs> so it's more of the disabled community has access to jobs now. Like I I, I go through such awful moments of anxiety and, and 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 I know so many other people do like people in my family and 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 and, and participants of anxiety issues and how that stood in the way of, of of not just work but even younger of being in school and and not having that that alternative being um offered to you is I find ridiculous the world needed to change and it still does and I hope that hope that all of us are doing our part into changing this world to to a better place and more fair and equitable and accessible. I'm on I'm on a bunch of tangents. It's just just makes me think of all these other things. Yeah, no, I definitely definitely understand. It is interesting the like you were talking about the the funeral thing, like having an expectation to you know spend few hundred bucks on a or, or more on like a last second plane ticket when you're already in a not great state of mind you know grieving or things like that definitely uh definitely get what you're saying we are about to hit the end of our time pretty soon here so i think we'll wrap things up here as we do would you like to pick our song that we end out on a uh, lot of mercy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna look at what I've been listening to lately. All right. Uh I'd like for y'all to play something from Brother Resistance, who is a rap so artist that is rapping Calypso from Trinidad and Tobago, just in honor of my aunt that passed away and all the people that come from Belmont and Trinidad, which is 
a really important area uh, that produced a lot of independent and liberated African thinkers into the world. So Brother Resistance, I'll text you guys with the song title. Yeah, okay. There's one that I really like, and I can't remember the title right now. And I can't pull it up on iTunes because I haven't listened to it just recently. For sure. Yeah, just send send that to, to me. I'll get it going. Well, Ness, for second time, thank you for taking the time out of your day to come and chop it up with us. Really appreciate it. And yeah, I'm really excited to see the future of Gap and 393. Oh, thanks. Oh, you know what? I need to also plug. We got Annie Beach who was the assistant manager, but stepped away for working on her own practice a lot more and and doing more of that hustle. But we've been working on this project called Artist Action, and I'm pretty excited about it. So that's for the schools. Like it's about the calls to action and creating art based around it with elders and knowledge keepers in the indigenous communities. And yeah, we're just looking for a few schools that want to be a part of it. And so just hit us up at info at graffitigallery.ca and the number that I gave before, 204-667-9960. We're trying to start off in January, but February is cool too. And um, we'll just be in your schools for a few weeks and uh, come out with a mural and have some great conversations some healthy conversations based on the calls to action yeah like dang it it looks really good so that's another program that we're we're all working on and and shout outs to any beach for really putting in time into that program absolutely shout out to any beach 100 and yeah this has been uh 101.5 umfm engage our host Kay jones and josue david we just spoke with nestor winrush of graffiti art programming and studio 393 thanks so much once again ness for doing this thank you all for making sure that the community had a place to talk and to connect uh with with uh the the public in another way like this is going to be permanently documented and um available for audio for people to pull and listen to whenever they want and that's really important work i hope that you all learned a lot from this experience not just on the interviewing side and assembling a radio show but knowing more about the city that you live in definitely did absolutely it's been awesome and it's it's definitely been a great experience so yeah this is our last episode folks so Hope you've enjoyed the show. Peace out.